Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi there, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray with the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. I am here with Lizzie Solis, one of my real, I feel like we've been friends for a long time, but I've actually only known her, I think about a year, but she is a rock star and has quite the background from really challenging circumstances to amazing uplifting circumstances. And she is a mentee mentor for two mentees and is doing an exceptional job with them. I just had an opportunity to to interview them in a previous podcast. So with that, I want to give you a little bit of background of Lizzie, who is the Chief Operating Officer for Cashman. And in addition, she's been doing that since 2018? 2012. 12, my goodness. <laughs> she was raised in a Polynesian community and started hula dancing at the age of seven and performed with a professional entertainment group for nearly a decade. When Lizzie was 15, she was involved in a serious tubing accident which fractured her spine and left nearly left her paralyzed. She was told by her doctors that her chances of her hula dancing ever again were very slim. This was one of the monumental events in Lizzie's life that shaped her into the driven individual she is today. At such a young age she knew that with enough hard work and grit she could overcome any obstacle. In less than a year Lizzie won a dance competition was featured in a solo spot performing for 20,000 people. At the age of 17, while her oldest sister battled cancer, Lizzie dropped out of high school to care for her niece and her nephew. The experience inspired Lizzie to find more opportunities in healthcare. She earned her GED and was hired as one of the youngest members of the administrative team for an intermediate care facility for intellectually disabled individuals. Lizzie attended the Salt Lake Community College to achieve her vocational license as a recreational therapist. Lizzie has since devoted her time and energy to carving out a smoother path for women for her to follow, hence why we are so thrilled to have her as a member of Women Who Succeed. She has embraced the opportunity to use her position as Chief Operating Officer and influence to hire, mentor, and promote more women within her male-dominated industry. Lizzie serves on several boards of directors, has a tremendous philanthropic heart, and we are so grateful and lucky to have her giving up her time talents and resources to women who succeed. So Lizzie, thank you for being here. Thank you for wow. having me. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you can't help but start with when I first when I first talked to you and then rereading your bio. Um, challenge is not even I, I can't even say that wow you had challenges. Like you had devastating, devastating obstacles to overcome. And how how did you find the uh, the tenacity and the spirit to to push through that yeah I mean I was raised in the Polynesian you know culture mm -hmm. and I'm the youngest of eight children so I think naturally you know we and I'm Asian so like you know we have a lot of expectations a lot of drive and things like that and so when we kind of fall short we help build each other up so my mom would always mm. say you know be a builder not a wrecker so anytime any of us would ever come across trials you know we were never alone we never had to go through anything alone I had a really really supportive family um, growing up that you know just my, just a group of best friends that just helped me get through things and encouraged me and were my my hype people and just kind of you know never 
made me feel like I wasn't worth anything or that I wasn't capable of doing anything. We always encourage each other that, yeah, the sky's the limit. You can do anything that you put mm. your mind and your heart to. And so that really, that really helped me growing up of overcoming a lot of those obstacles. And there was a lot of those expectations too. And, you know, that's why one of my mentees, you know, she's a lot like me and I just feel very connected to her and that there's a lot of pressure there to try mm. to do that. And we push ourselves really, really hard to do that. And now, you know, 30 something years into my life, I'm now trying to teach my mentees like, per, you know, that perfectionism is a defense mechanism and we don't always have to be perfect in everything we do. and We don't have to self-sacrifice in order to please other people. You know, like we are the most important project in our life that we're working on and that's what you should always focus on, you know. So. It's funny you would bring up perfectionism. That has been a very common theme that has come up with our members that have done the podcasts and we have a lot of us have arrived to a place where we're like we we don't want perfection we're not striving for perfection we want hard work ethic we want very good work but perfection and and conveying that that's the expectation to younger women is not helpful no that's literally asking somebody to do something that's impossible um, I don't believe that perfection is something that's attainable. I, we always say, you know, not practice makes perfect. We say mm -hmm. practice makes progress. Mm -hmm. And progress, as long as you're progressing through life, you are winning. As long as you are growing through life, you are winning. Mm -hmm. You know, perfectionism, being perfect is, there's, that's your flaw. If mm -hmm. you even think that that is something that you are capable mm -hmm. of obtaining. That's that's a flaw. That's your flaw. So yeah. it's completely <laughs> so, yeah. an oxymoron there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, um, and I, the perfectionism thing, I think just in general with women, um, a lot of us grow up and, you know, we want to just fit this mold, right? Whether it's be a mom and take care of your children or, you know, become successful in the business world or even trying to manage both of them, which was for me is how do I be a business professional and how do I be a mother mm -hmm. and how do I manage all of these things? And one of the things that I advocate the most for and it is so important to me is mental health. And I'm really trying to raise more awareness for that and try to normalize that for women of like, we hide that because it's so hard to talk about, right? But we go through it, you know, mm -hmm. and it's okay when we have a bad mental health day or if we just can't get out the door or we can't get dressed for that day or we can't meet all of our checkoff list items. And that is so important for us to rally together as women and to be more supportive of those times where we aren't posting on LinkedIn or showing all of the things that we're doing and accomplishing all of these things because a lot of times I feel like we're in a way not fabricating but cultivating this very unrealistic mm. expectation of go, 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 go. Yeah. Where is your balance? And there are women that absolutely amaze me that they yeah. are able to do that. But I think something that we can do for each other is to try to be a little bit more real and set a better example of I'm having a, I'm having a hard day today. Yeah. I'm having a I'm not going to go out today. You or know? a it's rough okay. week. Today's a, today's a break day, you know, because we want to just post about our successes. And yeah. I'm on business meeting number 13 and I just got off the flight and I'm doing this, this and that. Mm -hmm. And that's great. And I want to applaud all the women that do that. But I also want us to be like, today I couldn't get out of bed, you know, because I'm exhausted from the two nights I've done a charity work, you know, the two events, two back-to-back -back events that I did. And then I slept for 48 hours, yeah. and that's okay. I love that you've <laughs> motivated me to post that because <laughs> this has been the weirdest week, and I have been posting and posting on LinkedIn, and it's because the causes are so important to me. The Women in Leadership Project, the, um, the Policy Project for the Teen Centers, 
um, the College of Social and Behavior Sciences at the U. I used to be on their board and I'm trying to help them cultivate some things. Um, the women in business that was at exec ed, I have just gone and gone and gone. And I keep posting because I feel like these things need to be shouted from the rooftops that this great stuff is happening. I am exhausted. Yeah. I am so tired. And I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that on there next <laughs> week. After I recover over the weekend, I'm yeah, going to put that on and there. I do, I do see your stuff on LinkedIn. I see you, yours and Sui's posts. And I'm just mm. like, these women are like the Energizer Bunny. You know, you just I'm not usually you that much. That's what, you know, it looks like that. And, you know, and it's great that we're doing that. And we're setting these examples to women. And, like, you can do it. Mm. Because I'm, I'm inspired by you, you guys. Mm. I truly am. And after the Women's Symposium, um, I remember, oh, I can't remember her name. Um uh she's the one that came in from dc and we're just talking about you know uh chai or oh so, chai patel yeah chai so when yeah. she was like get on a board uh, make sure you're mentoring i found you and i was like i want to mentor and then that week i got on my first board of directors and because see it's so powerful when these other women are setting examples and you just want to do it yeah. then i got into it and i was like my ambition is going to kill me like i am exhausted right because yeah. i'm already trying to be a mom and running my company and now I'm serving on all these nonprofits yeah, and I'm doing this stuff. Pick and choose. And so I like the example that we're setting for each other and that we're inspiring and we're motivating each other. But I think one of the best things that we can also do for each other is to be like, hey, like when you hit rock bottom, which sometimes we're there, mm -hmm. what do they always say? When you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. You know, and for me, I've hit rock bottom before and I I basically coined my own term of like when you hit rock bottom, dig deeper plant a seed and grow because you're going to grow such stronger roots mm. and it's okay to go deeper than rock bottom you know it's okay to sit there for a minute and be like okay if i keep trying to go up i'm going to keep getting knocked down and i need to dig a little bit deeper and like find out who i am and find out what my why is so that when i grow and i'm a better example for people like i am like a powerhouse right and i'm like this force to be reckoned with oh, that's okay that. and i want people to like i want people to know that i want people to know that like you can be successful and you can be a boss babe or you know a powerhouse, mm -hmm. but you can also be super vulnerable and you can have bad days and you can have good days. Right. You know, and that's yeah. important. Well, tell me, do you think young women today have it easier or harder than we did? Oh, I definitely think they have it harder. Mm. You know, there there's just such a different shift in cultural expectations and business expectations and things like that that I, like I had mentioned earlier, when I look at my mentees and everything that mm -hmm. they're going through, I mean, one of them, I mean, she has the, the president of the school nominating her for all these different things, and she doesn't feel like she can say no to those type of things because it's such an honor for her to do that, but she already has 20 other things on her plate, right? So as women, we're like, mm -hmm. well, I've been given this unique opportunity. I, I don't have the bandwidth to take it, but who am I to say no to something like this? Because when is it ever going to come again for me, right? So I think that one of the biggest challenges women face these days is learning how to have balance and to be able to set boundaries mm -hmm. of how to have time for themselves, time for their families, if they you know, want to have a family or anything for their futures. Um, sometimes we get so immersed in this expectation of becoming successful in the business worlds that we usually sacrifice one, two, or three other things sure. in order to get that. And I don't feel like we really had that problem as much, you know, mm -hmm. but I feel like these days um, they, they're they kind of expected to give up more than what we did mm -hmm. in order to achieve certain things, so. Well, let me shift a little bit and ask you, Cashman has been very supportive of women who succeed and we've been incredibly grateful. And I met your CEO and it's a fairly male dominant 
industry yes. that you're in. And I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to male allyship of how you've had maybe male leaders that have advocated for you or mentored you and believed in you in that um, unique culture. Yeah, I think that Cashman actually was was that one company that I worked for that completely changed the course of my future. You know, I, I had come to them as a little receptionist. I was separated from my first husband at the time. I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. And um, they hired me on as a receptionist. There wasn't much I could do. They, there was nowhere to grow in the company, you know. And um, they really took a chance on me. They were really uncomfortable because they didn't know if I was gonna end up moving back to California to be with my ex or what I was gonna do, but they took a chance. And it was the first job that really helped me start to build self-worth again. You know, they really mm. acknowledged my accomplishments. And, you know, I was a receptionist, but next thing I knew they were like, you're now our office manager. Now you're our HR manager and you're writing all our policies and procedures. Now you're a director of operations. And they kept promoting me. And, you know, now I run the company. <laughs> and um, I was the only female in the entire company. And, you know, now I have, you know, at least 15, 16 women, and most of them are in leadership positions and roles. But what I really admire about the way that the men of my company, what they have done for me is they've listened. You know, in mm. the beginning, they they didn't really listen too much because like, oh, you don't, you don't understand how the industry is. <laughs> you don't understand how this. But when they finally took a chance to start listening, they're like, what she's saying and what she's doing is making a difference. What she's saying, what she's doing is helping us grow, is, is making our clients happier, is, is doing A, B, and C. And, you know, even just for me as a woman, when I had my twins and I got divorced, they helped me get into an apartment. They bought groceries and diapers for me. They gave me oh a car gosh. and a cell phone, you know. What other companies do that, you know? So not only did I feel very taken care of, but they created this loyalty that was like, I'm, I wanna be with this company forever. You know, I had so much buy-in to this company and not was I just, I wasn't just grateful for what they did, but I was like, I want to continue creating this culture through this company. How can we help women, you know? And I talked to the CEO about that. I'm like, you guys have blessed my life so greatly over the last decade. Like, can I continue to do this? Can we continue to bless the lives of other people that come work for us? And it's not just the women we do. You know, we try to help all our employees. We, we, we do gym memberships and we do, you know, childcare programs and mm. we do better help, you know, for therapy if they can't, mm -hmm. they're on shift, they can't get to the doctor, to a therapist or anything. So we, we offer all these things to help with mental health. We help them with their fuel costs when the fuel went up. Like we do all these things because that just meant more than just like, oh, you know, times are hard. Here's a dollar raise. It's like, let us look at all your pain points as an adult trying to make it through life. And like, how can we help mitigate some of those pain points, you know? And they have always been so good at listening to my ideas and like what I want and that's been very supportive and and just helping us grow and helping us get more women into the company and like I said most of our women in our company are leaders I love that and they all manage departments and they're doing these things and they understand like yeah this works you know I think it's really neat how what what you started uh, when you were a receptionist and then the, the question of moving to California and all that that they stepped in to help you with your individual needs, your individualized um, path. And you're still doing that and carrying that philosophy today as you're talking with the CEO. Like you said, I really appreciated you said, we're not just giving a dollar raise, really paying attention to those pain points. And I think that that um, shows such a commitment to your employees that you value them deeply that you would listen to what their needs are 
and do that instead of, oh, you know what we're going to create? We're going to create a program for XYZ that may have no relevance to your employees. Mm -hmm. What do you think um, some of the most valuable lessons are that you have, uh, have you, that you've learned, your top one or two as a COO running a, running a company? Um, I will definitely say one of the biggest ones is that I don't know everything. Mm. Um, I constantly feel like I have so much to bring to the table and I want to, you know, bring so much to the meetings and tell people and I kind of speak over a lot of people. Mm. No, no, let me just tell you, I know more than you. <laughs> and uh, what I've learned the most is that when I am the most quiet and I take the most time to listen, I'm always impressed that they'll come to the conclusion that I'll, I was eventually going to say. And then that carries way more weight for the people that are on your team because you didn't tell them to do it. You acknowledged that they brought that to the table and it was a good idea. And if we just kind of take a step back and allow them to start taking, like, when you give your team opportunities to weigh in, they will have buy-in, you know? And so that's been one of the greatest uh, lessons for me over time. It's just, I feel like I'm growing up, you know? I'm like, oh, I'm a grown-up now. I'm <laughs> having impulse control and I'm not interrupting people as much. I listen. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you know what would be a good idea to do this? No. I just wait and then they say the good idea on their own. And it so, means so much more when they bring it to the table instead of them saying, oh, yeah, I was going to say that, you know. And the other is um, empathy. I have learned so much about empathy over the last, you know, five or six years. I used to like being the, you know, oh, Lizzie just came in. Everybody's afraid, you know, you better fall. Because I'm all for operations, policies mm -hmm. and procedures, mm -hmm. everything. And so I kind of, in the beginning, liked that kind of they feared me because yeah. you know if you don't listen she's going to be the one that's going to bring the hammer down and now i've totally shifted that and i'm like all right something went wrong let's talk about it why did it go wrong and was it something that did we not give you the right tools or resources to, to succeed and this is also one of the things that's really helps change the dynamic with our employees feeling more supported and heard is instead of like well you messed up it's your fault we're going to write you up Instead, we say, you messed up. What happened? Did we did we not give you, you know, something that you needed to support? Did we not train you properly? And then we have, like, a coaching session where we talk about it, and then they walk away feeling like, so I'm not in trouble? Like, well, no, because that really helped us get better insight into what we can do better to support you guys, you know? So just not looking at everything as blaming everybody all the time of, like, oh, it's your fault or it's my fault. It's like, okay, what needs of yours were not being met? Mm -hmm. and what needs are mine? are not being met and why can't we get to the right conclusion so having that type of mindset has definitely helped us have a better leadership we make mm -hmm. sure all our managers are trained in this way of thinking as well of no knee-jerk reactions no you know let's not freak out let's yes we want people to follow policies and procedures we want them to go do that but there's always some other underlying issue there that you know people aren't going to work to mess up on purpose right you know there's right. other things that are happening and so just having empathy and trying to seek understanding and truly understand what's what's not happening that can be happening that's helped me as a COO become a better stronger leader um, mm. to be somebody that's worth following I think so oh I love that I love that a stronger leader that is worth following that is so perfect and thank you for the advice um, on on leadership I'm sitting there <laughs> ruminating on several of those points. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you could be with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, I'm not even sure w when I kind of summarize this and look at how there's there's so much diversity in what you what you shared 
Um, I'm just grateful that I get to know you and I get to work with you and we're so glad you're a part of Women Who Succeed and that you're sharing your talents with these young women. Well, thank you for having me. I love being a part of all of it. So. My pleasure. Well, that is it for today for the We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you again next time. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about Women Who Succeed at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.